Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Our goal tonight is to pick up where we left off, and we're going to be talking tonight about life off the line. Living life, approaching life off of the line. What line? Well, uh, part of that figures into what we talked about last week, okay? The timeline of life, where we are limited, where we are restricted, where we were born into this world with all the limitations of this world. We're going to talk tonight about how to get and move our lives off the line and what God has done so that we can embrace an eternity that literally is off the line. And uh, we're going to be looking in Isaiah chapter 46 tonight. We'll go there first, and uh, we will read a verse that we read, or a couple of verses we read last week, just to set us up for this evening. In Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10, this is what the prophet said, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. God is establishing himself as the only one like him. There's no other one like him. Now, there are a lot of creatures, a lot of beings, a lot of creations, but there is only one God. In fact, the apostle Paul would argue about 800 years after this prophet wrote this, that that if you were to eat meat sacrificed to idols, it bothers some people's conscience. He said, but it doesn't bother mine because I know there are no idols. I know they don't exist. I know there are no other gods. Yes, people may fashion them, the prophet said, and they may take gold and silver and they may pass it through the fire and they may mold, you know, uh, uh, mold it into an image. But can that image speak? Can it save you? Can it help you? I mean, when you cry out to that image, what can it do for you? Nothing. In fact, uh, the Word of God says it cannot even move itself out of the way if it's in danger. Isn't that interesting? Well, There is no other God, and there's no one like God. But he continues uh, explaining one of the attributes that makes him different than, 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 than anything else. And he says this in verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning. There's no one like me. There's no one that will declare the end from the beginning. There's no one that, that, that knows everything that is ever going to happen from all the way back before anything happened. I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God is saying I do anything I want to. And if I give counsel, it's solid. You know, one of the reasons why God is always right is because anything he says happens. He's right. He is right. Anything he does is right. If God said that, you know, um, you, you know, you're just a blue puff of smoke, guess what would happen? You'd turn into a blue puff of smoke, <laughs> okay? That's what makes God right, is because His Word holds such a power like none other, like no other, like, 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 like we can't fathom and we can't imagine that His words, His, His, the, the creative power of, 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 of what He says makes him absolute truth well in the first lesson last week we established that virtually every creation of god experienced a beginning 
and will experience an end. Everything that God created. And uh, whether it's an angel or a human or an animal or trees or the earth or the grass or the flower of the grass, you know, uh, all these things will pass away. Uh, Satan uh, you know, is a created being, hell, we talked about this last week, and established even space as we know it, and even time as we understand it, are all created for God's purposes. And they have a beginning and have an end. In fact, the very word beginning means it has a beginning and has an end. A concept, huh? Limitations are built into everything that we see and we understand. Uh, everything you see has a limitation, you know? Whether it's the chair you're sitting in, how long it will last, everything has a shelf life. Everything, even time, as we talked about last week. Space, space is limited. I mean, we know it's expanding, or we're, we imagine it's expanding, okay? Uh, or light could just be slowing down, is that new theory that we just may be taking long for us to get here, so it may look like it's really expanding. Who knows? I'm not that smart, okay? I only can repeat a lot of the stuff that I read, and I read things on both sides of the envelope. But we know that God created the heavens and the earth. They had a beginning, so they are limited. They are limited. Knowledge is limited. Our power is limited. I mean, I have very little power. My authority is limited. Everything that we see and understand is limited. Creativity. You know, I, I, I might be can creative. Pastor Kendall, our children's pastor, is very creative, but he's limited. Everything is limited. Regeneration is limited. You know, I, I, I love the fact that my body heals itself, but, you know, it's limited. You know, I, I don't want to lose an appendage because it's kind of hard to grow them back okay it's uh, you know we are limited you know god is not limited but we are limited reproduction is limited i'm so glad that god limited his creations you know reproduction is limited it's limited you know uh, uh, in like kind and and with further limitations age and stage of life you know uh, i mean uh, you know sarah was beyond the age to have children, the Bible said, whenever she yet had a child, but she was limited in and of herself. We, we experience limitations. Everything we see, everything we know, everything that, that we can understand is limited. Even what God will allow us to access is limited. God does not allow us access to everything. We don't know everything. You know, God can push pause on time. He can send the sun backwards. Uh, but, but, but I can't. I, my, my access to even God's power, to even the power that we catch glimpses of, it's, it's limited. You know, creation is limited as opposed to God who is unlimited. And we talked about this last week. And uh, uh, in, 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 in just a moment, I'm going to put on the board a line that will uh, resemble the beginning and the end. Okay, it will stand for, not resemble, but it, will, it won't resemble. What will it do? It will, hmm, okay. I'm going to use it to what? Represent. That's the word. Represent. What I was doing, if you're wondering what I'm doing, I was about to move to the board and I realized that there's a nine-second delay between me 
going to that board and you getting to see it. Now that the board is up, there's no longer a delay. I could run right over there and you would uh, get to see it. But uh, so what we have come to is a realization, okay, that God is not limited by time or space. This is what we talked about last week. We talked about the fact that there is a beginning and there is an end to everything we see and know. This is just uh, the best we can do with life, whether it's knowledge or whether it's heaven or whether it's hell, anything. You, for example, if we were to say you are here, even though I think you're about right here, but if we were to say that you were there, you would have a past and you would have a future. Okay? We talked about this last week. And time is what God has given us to mark moments, like bookmarks. We can look back in history. We can only move forward into the future. We can see backwards, but we can only access future. We cannot access backwards. I can't move backwards. I wish I could. I would love to go back in time and fix a few things that I messed up, but I can't go back in time, but I can see back in time. But I cannot see future. You know, I, I mean, I wish I could, but if any of us could, like I said last week, you wouldn't be here. You would be on the foundation of Apple or Walmart. You'd be on their board right now, okay? Why? Because if you could see the future, you would have seen this coming. You would, and, oh, my goodness, but we do move forward. We live, everything that is created lives somewhere on this line, everything whether it's grass or, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, everything has a beginning and has an end. Many times, if we are not watchful, as I said last week, we will imagine God as somewhere on this line. Maybe God is here. Maybe God was here, started here. You know, maybe God lives here. Maybe, maybe eternity is just a little more timeline. Maybe it's infinite timeline. Maybe it's just, ooh, maybe it's just forever time. But that's not a reality. God lives outside of time. He is timeless. He is eternal. And eternity is not just a whole lot more time. If eternity was time, doesn't mean that there aren't some sequences that we are to expect. But if it was bordered by time, time itself has limits. God and the devil, we talked about last week, are not co-equal enemies locked in a battle for your soul. God, there is none like Him. Okay? Why? Because God sees your present. He sees your future. He sees your past. 
and he sees it all at the same time. Time is where we live. Time is not where God lives. Now, this is not an expose on crime, on time, on crime, on time. I'm just trying to catch us up so that we can launch from this into how do we, 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 we are born and we live on a timeline. How do we ever imagine to live life off of the line? Because the Bible says, that we are destined to be in Christ, in God. I am crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20 says. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. We talked about this earlier. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Wow. Now that will launch us into a study tonight, remembering that this is God off the line. Somewhere here, bing, there's the devil, okay? They are not co-equal partners. We'll, we'll put him out here before the beginning. Uh, uh, boom, there he is. Boom. Can I make him any smaller? Okay. Because the prophet said, those that see the devil, whenever your eyes are open and you are known, uh, you know as you are known, whenever you're changed to be like Christ, when you see him, you'll be changed to be like him, you'll see him as he is. But the Bible says not only will you see Jesus as he is, but you will also see the devil. And when you see the devil, the Bible says when you... Boom, in a glorified state, when you are released from the limitations of what you can see and understand and what you can know and what you can hear, when you are released into another dimension where, where all of a sudden you are in God, you're in Christ, in God, all of a sudden the Bible says when you see him, you shall narrowly look upon him. You will have to squint to see him is what the, it literally means. You will narrowly look upon him and consider him saying, Is this the one? See me squinting? Is this the one that made the nations to shake, that made the earth to tremble? Is this the one that refused to let the captives go? Him? That one? That, 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 he sounded like a lion. He's a little serpent. Okay? That's what the prophet said. Right now, the devil is trying to trade on propaganda. He is trying to give us a revisionist history of God's Word, that somehow he and God are co-equal enemies. Choose me or choose him. It's no choice. All right? So how do we get ourselves, or how do we get off this line and, and into God. And what is the process of this? 
What is God's plan? Well, fortunately, he tells us in his word that, uh, that you know, uh, even though we are limited, he is unlimited. Okay? He is the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning of everything and the end of everything. Okay? He is the first and the last, that which was and is and is to come. But he said, I am that I am. Not, uh, you know, and and he, he always was and always will be. So he is everything all in all god has no beginning and he has no end okay zero and so it's important for us to realize that that we observe limitations but imagine this jesus showed us that there are you know less limitations outside of this existence because uh, even though we're limited by time and space imagine this uh, uh, god is not limited by time or space Jesus, after his resurrection, stepped into a room with all the doors locked. I mean, with all the, all, all, you know, all the walls, with the floor and the ceiling. But boom, Jesus showed up. He's not limited by the time and the space. Gabriel, you know, sent by God, given the ability to appear, boom, to Daniel, to appear, boom, to Mary, to appear, boom, to Zacharias. All of them in private settings, boom, all of a sudden here with, 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 with this God allowance, with let God moving them off of a limited existence into, a, in, in, into his realm, uh, God, you know, is not limited to our understanding of physics either. You know, Jesus walked on water, and he also allowed Peter to walk on water. You know, this is an amazing thing when we realize Jesus walked on water. I mean, think about it, because we are so limited. Anybody here ever walked on water without it being frozen? No. I mean, you, I mean, you can't walk on water. Jesus walked on water. And not only that, he told Peter, you can do it too, and Peter did it. It's just amazing. Uh, you know, as well, you know, even though we are um, limited in our abilities to see and our abilities to move, the Bible tells us that, that Jesus went up in a cloud. That kind of breaks the law of physics. You know, I mean, who of us, I've been in fog, I've been in real thick fog, but I've never, you know, ridden on the fog, you know, ridden on the cloud. Not only that, but uh, Enoch. You know, he was there and he wasn't. I mean, that's, that, that, that's boom. That's like Jesus leaving the room, entering the room, leaving the room. You know, Elijah, he went up in a whirlwind. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, we've seen that. That's, that's like a tornado, okay? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the chariot caused the whirlwind. He didn't ride up in a chariot. The Bible says the chariot came close to the earth and it caused a whirlwind and he went up in the whirlwind. Uh, but, you know, uh, God is not limited by, by, by our understanding of physics. Uh, and uh, man is limited in his ability to see and hear and do God things unless God allows it and God does allow it at times you may remember that Elisha was surrounded by an army and his servant said what are we going to do and Elisha said more there be with us than be with them. You know, that's in 2 Kings. You can read in 2 Kings 6, verses 16 and 17. And, 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 and he turned to his servant, more there be with us. And his servant said, what are you talking about? He said, oh, I forgot. You can't see. God, would you let him, would you remove a, a, a visual limitation? Would you remove a human natural limitation that you have placed on us but, but because we live in a very limited world? Would you allow him to see and all of a sudden the servant's eyes were open and God allowed him access into another realm to see that the whole mountains were filled with angels who were ready and prepared for war and battle? My, my goodness, you know, the apostle John 
If you remember in Revelation, the first chapter, verse 10, the Bible says, He heard a trumpet. He heard a trumpet in heaven. He heard a sound of heaven. He heard a heavenly sound. Something that not everyone heard, no doubt. But he heard something. He heard a trumpet in heaven. I mean, uh, that's no doubt a miracle on the ears. In fact, if you can, uh, you know, even look at Pentecost. At Pentecost, there's as much a miracle in speaking in tongues there's as much a miracle in the hearing as there was in the talking. Because the Bible says that every man heard in his own language. Okay? There is a, there, there's a miracle that God allows us. And in, uh, in, in, in Saul of Tarsus, you know, in Acts the ninth chapter, you can read where Saul of Tarsus, he, he, he uh, saw this great light and he heard a voice from heaven. He heard Jesus speaking from heaven, you know. Now, that's amazing. God gave him a glimpse in, into a place. I mean, I, I think Jesus talks to me a lot, but he doesn't talk like this. He talked like this to, 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 to the Apostle Paul or to Saul of Tarsus. You may also remember that John, in the book of Revelation, Revelation 21, verse 2, John saw New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. He saw into the future. He saw something in a spirit realm. All of a sudden, he had access not only to seeing into the spirit, but he had access to see in, in, in centuries ahead. He saw something spiritual, but he saw something amazing, and he saw it at least 2,000 years before it happened. Well, 1,900 years at least. Amazing, huh? You see, there are breakthroughs, there are times, there are moments when God allows us to get glimpses of life off of the line, life off of the limitation. There are moments whenever, uh, whether by, by dreams or visions or rather by angelic intervention, you remember whenever Peter was in Joppa uh, in Acts chapter 10 and, and he was asleep and, and, and all of a sudden he had a vision of, you know, of, of, of a sheet being let down and picked back up. I mean, he had a little, he saw into a spirit, he had a dream, a vision, you know, prophecy. Prophecy is foretelling. It's God allowing someone to tell something before it happens or tell somebody something that happened before. Whether, whether you know, it's the prophet, you know, uh, as, the, as, as the king heard, he knows what you say in your bedchamber. You know, hearing what you've said before, the Bible says whenever you come into the place where there is someone who is, who is speaking a word of prophecy, people will be amazed. They will be convicted because they will understand that there's someone around them that it knows what's going on in their own private life without having known. Knowing without knowing. Why? Because God gives glimpses. You know, you've seen glimpses, you've felt glimpses, you've had encounters, you've had God encounters of, of what it must be like, you know, and, and, and sometimes we aren't able to put our finger on it, we aren't able to make it happen, we aren't able even to equate, what, what is this happening? We don't even know, but later on we realize, my goodness, I thought that, I had that, you know, I had that, you know, whatever it was. Paul described what he saw in one of his spiritual experiences. Okay. Let's look just a moment into First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, rather, chapter twelve. Paul describes something that is taking him, uh, even though he's living in this moment. Uh, 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 let me let me go to the board. Let me let me let, let, let me show you where we are living. Okay, 
in Genesis chapter 3, okay? Genesis chapter 3, sin entered into the earth. Boom. We went into a parenthetical time with God. We are in a parenthetical moment of eternity. This is the moment that God is dealing with sin. And everything from Genesis 3 to Revelation, we'll call it Revelation 19, somewhere in there. Between there and there, 6,000 years so far, we are in a parenthetical moment of God dealing with sin so that he can recover the souls of mankind, lost souls of mankind, and get them back on his plan, get them back into a new heaven, a new earth, back into a real relationship with him. Now, uh, even in here, okay, there, the prophet Daniel talked about the weeks, you know, 70 weeks, and then 69 of those weeks then there would come an interruption before that last week we are even not only we're in a parenthetical moment we're in a bracket in a parenthetical moment we're in a time in an interruption in an intermission where God Almighty is redeeming the souls of mankind through the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, in this bracket, small bracket, in this whole big parenthetical moment of God doing one thing, and the only thing that God has chosen to reveal about Himself to us is that there's none other like Him and that He is a loving, redeeming God. That's pretty much all we know. We don't know everything about God. We know about one subject, what He will do, what He will go through in order order to redeem someone from being lost forever and living without him forever what an amazing god and we get glimpses every now and then we we hear something in our spirit god speaks to us and we hear the voice of god and we may not recognize it as god job says in chapter 33 14 and 15 uh, says this that god speaks once yea twice yet man does not perceive it but in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men while they slumber in their bed he opens their ears and seals their instructions you get up in the morning with more chance of knowing the will of god for your life than ever before because during the nighttime god said i'm going to talk to you have you ever heard the wisdom won't you sleep on it yeah sleep on it pray about it sleep on it and let God speak to you in the nighttime and then get up with that fresh catch in the morning of what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and and make sure it matches up with the Word of God because Almighty God is speaking day and night but many times we don't understand it we don't hear it we don't identify it as God but we catch glimpses the Apostle Paul had such glimpses in his life he explained something that happened to him that was phenomenal a spiritual experience in 2nd Corinthians 12 listen to what he said in verse 1 he says it is doubt, doubtless I mean it is it is for certain it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast he said now I'm not telling you this to trying to make myself into somebody trying to make you think that I'm, I'm, I'm somebody I'm not he said now I'm going to come to visions and revelations that's the truth now I like this 
I, in fact, I use this as a part of my confession. I am going to get uh, revelations. I am going to get visions from God. It's going to happen. I'm so excited about this, okay? I believe this word has power, and I can claim it for myself. I believe that. I believe in, in, in God putting power in his words. And so, you know, you need to confess it. I am going to come to dreams. I'm going to come to revelation. You know, now, you don't have to be spooky for this to happen in your life. Don't be spooky. Don't get spooky, you know. Uh, you don't have to be spooky to be spiritual. But you should be a candidate for dreams and visions and revelations. You should be going through life and occasionally a light turn on in your head and you understand a truth you haven't understood before because of the revelation that comes to you. Boom. You should be reading the Word of God and all of a sudden, ooh, it jumps off the page and it makes sense like it never made sense before. That's a God interaction. Well, the Apostle Paul said, now, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to boast here, but I want you to know I am certain I'm going to get dreams, I'm going to get visions, I'm going to get revelations. He, and, and then in verse 2, he's, he says this about himself, actually. I know a man in Christ. He's talking about himself. I know a man in Christ above 14 years ago. You know, about 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. You know, that's one of the things you need to take away from that scripture. God knows what we don't. God knows whether it was a complete spiritual and physical experience that I had or whether it was just a spiritual experience I had. I don't know whether I was out of my body or whether this happened to me in my body. I don't know. God knows, but I don't know. But such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Now, does that not freak you out a little bit that somebody says they went up to the third heaven? What in the world's third heaven? Well, okay, <laughs> there's a heavenly between us, an environment, okay, uh, 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 you know, uh, the air we breathe, uh, the atmosphere. Then there's a second heaven where the stars in the universe exist. And then there's a third heaven that must open up into a whole new dimension where God is. Woo! That's, that's amazing, huh? This is not just something we can observe here and there. This is a third heaven. This is something that you haven't seen, I haven't seen, we don't get to see. This is something that there's some special announce, some absolutely special permission, some amazing off-the-chart, off-the-line stuff is happening here. Okay? And that's what he says. He said, I, you know, I caught up into the third heaven, and he's speaking in a third person about himself, okay? You know, uh, Ronnie talks like this sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know God knows. He's reiterating here. He's trying to be as humble because he's just talked about not wanting to boast. So he's trying to be as humble as he can. He's saying, you know, uh, there's a whole lot about what happened to me that I do not understand. I don't know. I can't even tell you whether it happened when I was awake or asleep or whether it was something spiritual or physical. I don't know. But I do know this. Now, he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words. <laughs> you know, he saw something. He felt something. He experienced something. He heard something that's off the line. 
It's outside of the normal paradigm of life. It's outside the narrative. That it's, it's outside of our explanation because we are limited. Like, like uh, you know, a prophet Elijah's servant, what he saw in those angels was off the line to him. It was off the charts. It was not something, that, you know, Jesus showing up right in the room was way off their charts. They didn't expect that. Gabriel showing up to Mary, okay, that's something, whoa, okay. I mean, they, you know, Gabriel showing up in in the, in the uh, holy place there with Zacharias as he's burning incense. Oh my goodness, there's no one else supposed to be here but me. What is going on here? Well, this is what happened to him. He said, I heard inexpressible words, which is it is not lawful for a man to even utter, to even talk about. It. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't even begin. I can't even begin to try to make you understand something I don't understand. Paul experienced a glimpse, just a glimpse beyond the limitations of this present life. Now, he either saw this or he stepped away from the line for just a moment in time and saw things and heard things he could not describe. You know, uh, but this, you know, uh, the whole Word of God is, is hoping to show us that there's life beyond there's life, there's a greater expression and experience than what we have ever understood. You see, that's what the Word of God says, that Jesus, although He was the Son of God, yet He didn't just sit up in heaven being some big shot, made Himself of no reputation. But He humbled Himself and took upon Himself the form of a servant, and He humbled Himself he even allowed himself to die so that you know he could come into our world and he limited himself was made a little lower than the angels is what the bible says about him he allowed himself to be more limited in the ability to move and 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 work and and uh, uh, you know uh, demonstrate he allowed himself to be to, 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 to be, uh, you know, human, son of man. He allowed himself to be like us. He limited himself in order, the Bible says in, in, in John, the first chapter, verse 18, so he could show us God, so that he could show us what God looked like in our shoes. What would God look like as a man? What would God do? if he was a man would god heal people if he was a man yes would god i mean if if, if god would, would you know what would god do god would help god would encourage and jesus was trying to show us god incarnate john tells us that this same jesus that 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 he beheld with his eyes was in the beginning and he was the word of God and he was with God and he was God in the beginning with God. It's very important to realize that the way that, that God has created a way for us to not live and die with only a natural existence. But 
there is something that must take place in order for us to ever get over here where God lives. As we talked about earlier, our life is hidden with Christ in God. Tonight, in living life off the line, I want to talk to you about how you can be in Christ and what that means as a progressive experience. Let's say for the next, for as long as you live and until you die, what it means to be in Christ. We know that we are created like God. God is a triune being, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We understand that that's three in one. We've heard that uh, for a good while. You know, uh, uh, completely unified in every aspect, unable to be fathomed by our own understanding and by our own limitations. Nonetheless, we know God is a triune being and we are made in His image. Okay? Uh, let me, let me uh, tell you how God made us. All right? Now, God made us in His image and He told us how He made us. He said it in Genesis, the second chapter, and he says it again in Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Okay? He talks about us being made spirit, soul, and body. Like him, a triune being, a three-part individual. Spirit, soul, and body. Now what happens to us when we get born again? Look in your Bibles in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll, we'll go to this verse in just a moment. When we get born again, what happens to us is... We become a brand new creation. Something different than has ever been created before. If I might say, a new species. A new creature. You don't just become renovated. You're not just remodeled. You're not just new and improved you're not just cleaned you're not refurbished you are something that you, you all of a sudden are born into a category and a class of created beings that had never existed before the born again experience you're a new creature you have all of a sudden been justified. Okay? Allow me to write this back down over here. All of a sudden, you have become justified. And you are going to be sanctified. It's a process of cleaning up and purifying and purging. Okay? And one day you will be glorified. 
Okay? It's important to realize that God has this plan to get us into Him. 2 Thessalonians says, chapter 5, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But look, look what the Word tells us. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5, in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. This is a new creation. When I get born again, my spirit, okay? I mean, my spirit... I'm, I'm there. I'm with God. Okay. I mean, I, I am accepted in the beloved. I am, I am, you know, I am justified. It's just if it justified, never sinned. Now my soul is saved. Okay. Now one day I'm going to, my whole self is going to be there. But at this moment, if you're not born again and you do not have the Spirit of God, the Bible says, then, then, then I'm sorry, but you are stuck right here in this life and one day you'll run at the end of that life and you'll just run right off into hell. You'll go into the trash can. Okay? I hate that analogy, but that's a reality. If you really want to live eternally instead of die eternally you must be born again and when you are born again you are taken off of this taken off of this line and you are placed in christ you are a new creation in christ it does not yet appear what we shall be we are still i mean i'm still here you still see me but you know what my citizenship has changed I am a citizen of heaven. Do you know what? The Bible says I am raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Do you know that he already accepts me in the beloved and I am welcomed at his throne? Do you know that's a reality, although I'm not experiencing that right now? I cannot walk up to the throne of God. I have to do all that spiritually. Everything I do with God right now has to be a spiritual transaction. I don't have physical audience with God. No flesh shall enter into his presence. I can't jump to heaven and knock on his throne room door, but I can in my spirit. I am accepted. My citizenship is in heaven. I have been accepted in the beloved, and I can enter into the throne. I can come boldly to the throne of grace, just not in these clothes. I have been born again. I, same with that, I am saved praise god i have been justified but it is a pure spiritual experience right now god looks at me and when he sees me my light is shining i am i shine like a light in 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 the midst of this crooked and perverse generation i am one with god i am hidden my life is hidden with christ in god i am in christ praise god do you know that circumcision or uncircumcision avails me nothing i am no longer under the law because i've been born again if you're not born again you're under the law and you die under the law and you're judged 
other law and you have to pay for your own sin which takes eternity and you can't do it isn't that amazing that's what Galatians says in 6 verse 15 for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but you know what this is a new creation a new creation means something here out here okay that's exactly what the demons said whenever they were speaking through the man who was possessed in the city of Ephesus in Acts chapter 19 when those seven vagabond Jews had been listening to Paul preach and watching him cast devils out, they got them a demon-possessed man and took him into a house and said, we command you to come out of that man in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the devil says, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I do not know you. And the Bible says that demon came out of that, you know, uh, he, he whooped them all naked, stripped them naked and run them out of the house. Why? Because they meant nothing to him. I mean something to him. He's afraid of me. It's a spiritual thing. I've been justified. He sees my light shining. I am saved. Okay? But I am being saved. I am saved. I am being saved. What does that mean? I am being sanctified. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. I am, you know, I'm getting better. I'm getting better with what I think. I'm getting better with what I believe. I'm getting better building my faith. And every now and then, even though I can, I can come boldly to the throne of grace spiritually in my prayer, but every now and then I catch a glimpse of faith and I can move mountains because of my faith in God. Glory to God. I've been healed. I've caught the glimpse, you know. Isn't that amazing? I am being saved. I am. I'm cleaning up. That soul that was lost, that was dark, that was damaged by this world. I'm being sanctified through a process of renewing my mind. Through a process of, of, of building my faith. Through a process of, of, of entering into the throne of God. Through a process of hanging around Jesus. And I'm growing fruit of the Spirit. And my feelings are getting better. And my emotions are getting better. And my, my intellect, I'm, I'm, I'm filling my mind up with the Word of God. And I'm getting better and better. I am being saved. I, I am so much better today than I was a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. I've been saved since I was twelve years old. But man, let me tell you something, I'm looking more and more like it right now. In my soul. In my soul. My soul. Now, I have been saved. I die today, I go to heaven. Okay? You don't have to get perfect, praise God, before you go to heaven. But in this world, you sure do need to clean your life up a lot. It helps, and it helps you to access the things of God by getting the trash out of your mind, getting that stinking thinking dealt with. Okay? Stop allowing the devil to rule your life and ruin your life and run your life. You know? Stop letting fear and worry and anxiety and frustration, irritation and turmoil and temptations and frustrations and aggravations and you know, all the other things 
come and just destroy the fruit. Because the Spirit's wanting to grow fruit in my soul. It's wanting to give me love and joy and peace and, 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 and patience and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness, humility and self-control. But all that, it will be an act of my will. I will be patient or I will not be patient. All that is a soulish function. I have been saved. I am being saved. And I will be saved one day now right now i am saved but one day i'm really going to be saved this body one day is going to fall off me i prefer to be in the rapture okay but if i die guess what my spirit and my soul to be absent from the body to be present with the lord but I'd be absent from my body <laughs> because I won't have a body. I don't know how that happens. I don't know a lot of things, but this is what the Word of God says. I won't have a body. In other words, I will be naked, the Apostle Paul says for a while. He's hoping he's not going to be naked. He was hoping to go into rapture, but he's naked right now. <laughs> his spirit and his soul are in heaven. But his body is a seed in, some, in, in, in the ground around Rome somewhere. I'm hoping. Now, you know, first thing you want to do, very first thing you want to do, first thing God wants to do is to clothe the naked. Then he'll let us go. So when that great trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise first. They deserve it. They've been naked for a long time. Okay. And then... We who are alive and remain, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I shall be changed and glorified. And, and my whole spirit, soul, and body will get to go up in the rapture glory to God. I'm excited about that. You know, um, you know mourn for me being naked. If, you know, I happen to die and you bury this body, realize I am sure hoping he comes soon because I, I want that glorified body. This, the only way to get off this line alive, not dead, the only way to get off this line alive is to be in Christ. Seventy-seven times in the New Testament, the Bible encourages us in some way and makes reference to being in Christ. In Christ. If you access my notes on easysermons.com, you can read some of those additional verses, some of those scriptures, okay? We have two goals, by the way, in Christ. Let me give them to you really quick, okay, as I close. Two goals in Christ. Our first goal, once you come into Christ, your first goal, Philippians, the third chapter, verse 14, says this, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ God is calling us to a holy life to a life of service our first goal in Christ is to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God which is in Christ okay that's our first goal 
Now, Paul was born again when he wrote this. My goal as a born-again Christian is to press in Christ, press into the high calling of God has for me in Christ. I am in Christ. I'm on my way to heaven, but I yet have a high calling. I yet have a, a prime, important a, a, a place, an important thing I can do for God. The second thing, our second goal once we come into Christ Colossians 1.28, Him, talking about Jesus, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. You see, it's in Him we live and move and have our being. And so here is our goal. Our goal uh, is, is basically, in this process of sanctification, is to move myself more and more into Christ out of the world and into Christ. Not friends with the world, not bound by the lust and the affections thereof, okay? Not, not bound by the, you know, the, 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 you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, but renewing my mind and pressing toward the mark, pressing toward the bullseye so that I can you know, accomplish that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. My second goal is to preach and teach, warning everyone with wisdom that they too need to be in Christ so that I can present them, so that I can present you. This is my second calling. My first calling is to get to heaven, Ronnie. Okay? Clean your own life up. Okay? Become more like Christ. Press in. You know, Reach the mark of the high calling of God in Christ. My second call goal is to get you there so that I can present you complete in Christ. I can get you. Look, 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 look. I got Pat here. Look, I helped her. Yeah, she knew you and she had a spiritual relationship with you and she was on her way to heaven. She was your child, but I helped her in how to think. I helped her in her faith. I helped her in her hope. I helped her, you know, grow patience in her life and, and to keep the right perspective and not let the devil destroy her. But, but, but I taught her the value of, 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 of holding on to, you know, uh, the, the word of God and the blood of the lamb and, and loving not her own life unto the death. I taught her how to overcome by the blood of the lamb and I'm presenting her perfect and, and, and look, Look, God, that's our goal. Our goal is to be more like Jesus and to help other people be more like Jesus. Amen. We're going to pray. Let's all realize that God wants to clean our life up. We need to present ourselves to him and present others to him as those who are in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you so much, sir, for your word tonight, Lord. I pray, God, that you, Lord, would reach out to those, Lord, here and around the world in need of you, God, in any capacity, whether it's to be born again, Lord, or whether it's the need to be met. I ask, sir, Lord, that you, God, would show yourself strong on their behalf, Lord. Give them a glimpse, Lord, of, 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 of your unlimited abilities, Lord, turning impossibilities into possibilities, Lord, the things that we do by faith in you, Lord. God, help them, Lord, in every manner, God. Calm, Lord, our nation. Strengthen us and bring us, Lord, into unity together. 
And God, keep the devil from destroying families and friends and communities. We ask in Jesus' name, keep us healthy, sir. And Lord, increase us that we might be a blessing to so many others around the world. We ask these things, Lord, tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen.